0: It is The Pastors Heart and Dominic Steele in a SWOT analysis of the changing youth ministry environment. A special focus on better collaboration. Andy Stevenson and Ruth Lee are with us. The youth ministry environment is changing. It is much harder for Christian teenagers to be Christian amongst their peers. And teenagers just don't walk in the door of a church anymore. It's not even that parents decide that they want their kids to go to youth group. The cultural changes, the increasing pushback, against churches are taking their effect. But what is working? What are the opportunities? And how do we do youth ministry on the front foot rather than on retreat? Andy Stevenson is director of the Sydney Anglican Youth and Children's Ministries and Special Religious Education. And Ruth Lee has served as the youth worker at Cornerstone Presbyterian Church in Sydney for 15 years. Um, Ruth, Andy, before we come to our topic, um, Let's start with your pastor's heart. And um, just the other day, there was a Gospel Coalition article about long-term youth ministers Mm. being unicorns. And you at 42, uh, unicorns. (laughs) How did it make you feel being a unicorn, Ruth? (laughs) Because you've been doing it a long time. Yes, and
1: even that Andy and I are the same age. (laughs) Yes, we are. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it is really rare to find, particularly females as well, Mm -hmm. to be in youth ministry for that long. Um, But I guess for me, I became a Christian when I was at it. Uh, in high school Mm -hmm. as a youth. And so I think that has driven a lot of my love for youth ministry and wanting to see youth just come to know Jesus and stay being a Christian. Mm. Andy, when are you going to get a proper job?
2: Well,
0: (laughs) I mean, that's really the thesis that that your heart is against, isn't it?
2: Yeah, that's right. I think uh, all ministry is wonderful uh, and uh, ministry of teenagers to children is very special and very privileged. And there, I think it's where the action is a lot of the time. Uh, it's where statistics will say, uh, just under 80% of people in churches became a Christian in their teenage or children years, which is brilliant. Mm. Uh, and so you get to see a lot. It can be difficult, uh, but the rewards are. Beautiful, and I think my heart really is that uh, I've been involved in youth ministry uh, all my life. Um, as a teenager, I became a Christian uh, at youth group in the youth group years. Uh, quite personally, my my mother passed away uh, in the teenage years, and the people that cared for me the most were the youth group leaders. Really, uh, yeah, they, they brought meals around and they uh, prayed with me, and yeah, it really showed me what youth ministry can be at its uh, in its hardest times Um, yeah you've seen that play out too Ruth Mm,
1: I think definitely um in my own life as well, having lots of youth um, leaders care for me over the years. Um, My mum also passed away when I was in high school. Um, So similar story in that a lot of my youth leaders were the ones who um, tried to follow me up. I probably wasn't that chatty back then, um, but knowing that they were always there and offering uh, to drive me places or, yeah, offering to chat and pointing me to Jesus. um, Yeah,
0: was really encouraging. Okay, now you've both been serving in youth ministry 15 years, but you were obviously in youth ministry before that. Mm. Um, How has youth ministry, how is it different now and what are the new challenges that we're facing compared, the new context we're facing compared to 15, 20 years ago?
1: Mm. So for me, I've been at Cornerstone for 10 years now um, with CY and back then when I started nearly 99%, I would say, were private school um, kids and also our youth who were from our church. Um, but over the years, slowly, we're starting to see more public school kids coming along and also more non church youth coming along, so friends of our youth coming along too. So it's created a great diversity. You mm-hmm.
0: Although you were telling me, I mean, they've had
2: more public yeah. school kids. You Which were telling great. me
0: across yeah. the board, that's not the case.
2: Yeah, that's right. Uh, particularly uh, in, in Greater Sydney, but uh, as I talked to different youth ministry friends around the country uh the in the last 20 years uh, the statistics say that uh, we've kind of went from 80% public school 20% private or christian school mm. and that has flipped to 80% private and christian school kids in the youth group versus 20% public school kids so that's, that's a very big change significant. Mm. i mean oh yeah
0: I, was, I think that we've actually gone i mean in this time period we've gone up to many more private schools kids just In general, that's right. There's way um, more schools, way more private schools in general, Um, but that's a much bigger shift in terms of the youth group than uh, yeah.
2: And it's a reflection on society as well, perhaps, and also a reflection on one of the other things that's changed is it's harder for a young person to be a Christian. Uh, I talk to grandparents, I talk to people who've been Christians 50 years, and they come up to me with almost a tear in their eye and they say, you know, it's hard for a teenager to be a Christian today compared to how easy it was for them where everybody went to church and youth group was normal and Sunday school was just the done thing. That's not the case these days. Mm. Mm.
1: I say that to our youth all the time. Yeah. Like they've just—they're up against so much more than we were about ten, fifteen years ago. Mm. Yeah.
0: I mean, you're doing a fair bit of, if you like, the umbrella man stuff, <laughs> uh, Andy, yeah. negotiating with secular schools and that kind of thing for Scripture. How are those conversations more? I mean, I remember you and I talking about this kind of stuff fifteen years well, ago. That's right. We did. <laughs> and, I mean, how How is it different now to back then?
2: Yeah, like I think. Uh the perhaps society's view on religion uh is has changed that that is a broad statement uh if you will i think you'd say yes it has <laughs> yes. <laughs> it definitely has uh but i would say that sre was far more acceptable and more sre
0: sh- is what we're, a, oh, we're an yes. anti-acronym ministry yeah that's yeah, right because <laughs>
2: acronyms exclude people <laughs> yes. well and and very yeah that's helpful comment uh uh, SRE special religious education, which is effectively being able to teach the Christian faith in public schools, which in New South Wales is uh, quite unique in some ways in terms of our legislation.
0: Now, um, collaboration and uh, and moving forward, um, you're seeing collaboration on several levels or several layers. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a layer of cross city or cross the place collaboration. How does mm-hmm. that work? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So uh, in in some ways, there's like these large scale kind of camps like uh, Kick that happens. Which that's is another kick. acronym. Yeah. So it is, yeah, I, know, I, I realized that as soon as I was saying it. Uh, a youth conference, it's called Katoomba Youth Conference because it's in Katoomba, but, yeah. uh, which is a part of New South Wales. Uh, but pe- people come, youth groups come from all over the state, uh, all different denominations to be together, mm-hmm. uh, to be encouraged, to be in God's word, uh, and to be on one large scale camp that happens over Four camps really mm-hmm. per year, uh, and there's other camps like the leaders. And what China do you like, like about that? Yeah, it's good.
1: Uh, for our youth group i love it because it helps our youth see above our own youth group mm-hmm. so also we're not an asian church per se but a lot of our youth are asian mm-hmm. and so to help them be able to see that being a christian is wider than our little circle yeah the
0: more um, homogenous yeah. the ministry the actually yeah. helps to work against that homogenous unit yeah. yes yes
1: yeah. and to see there are lots of other youth out there who are christians mm. yeah
0: yeah you're telling me collaboration though here it's actually got to do with expository Bible preaching, that the, the, the exposition mm. of the scriptures is at the center of it. Why is that important to you, Ruth?
1: It's one of our fundamental principles for um, our youth group. Mm. Um, so going along to events like KIG and LIT, where we know that there'll be Leaders in Training. Leaders in Training was the one that he did say. <laughs> Which is one of those,
2: <laughs> another that high-level camp. But yeah, keep going. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, so we do go to
1: those because we know there'll be faithful, great Bible teaching at them.
2: Mm. Yes.
0: Which is... A warning to those organisations mm. to stay prioritising expository
2: model yes. teaching. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it builds trust. Yeah. Uh, so. I think I was sharing with you earlier that Ruth and I have known each other for about 15 years, partly because we're unicorns, (laughs) (laughs) uh, if that can be said, that seems so strange. Uh, But also because we've worked uh, in different combined church, regional, state level uh, conferences. And we've done that because there's been a trust uh, of one another, as we've talked about, Who we are as Christians, Mm -hmm. what we believe. We're Reformed Evangelical. We believe in uh, expository preaching of the Bible and that being core to what we do in our youth ministries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about trust, truth.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been a big key, I think, in doing collaborative ministries. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Andy calling me one time years ago um, to talk about Kick and their program and what they were wanting to change and whether or not, would that be something that we'd be on board with if you did make those changes um, to help build that trust and kind of go, yep, the program's changing slightly but it's actually for the better mm-hmm. um, and it's still based on the Bible. Yeah. Um, so over the years just having incidental conversations running into andy at conferences at camps um i think has helped because i don't know youth ministry it's busy um youth pastors all have lots of things on in their calendar so then to be able to carve out time to be able to go to these camps um does it takes effort and you want to make sure that if you're carving out that time it's going to be worth it
0: why is a big thing like a big convention i mean is it just bigger is better
2: it's a good question, isn't it? Uh, often we go, we look at it, you know, kicks numbers, uh, very thankfully, are through the roof, bigger than they've ever been. Things like leaders in training camp as well, uh, similar. Uh, does it make it better? No. Mm-hmm. Just because it's big, it doesn't mean it's better. It's what happens at those places together that is the better thing. So the better thing is saying, "Okay, Ruth, myself and a whole bunch of other youth ministers, we bring our combined experience, our combined resources, our different skill sets, and we put those together to be able to train young people uh, in the gospel, Mm -hmm. to be able to teach them God's word, to be able to help them be Christians wherever they are. And collectively, we think we can do a lot more together, uh, in one sense, give a, uh, a better kind of, Um, all-rounded ministry, really, uh, to young people and for churches, for youth ministries, uh, which you can do by yourself but you're limited because you're only limited by what you can do personally and your own strengths and Mm. weaknesses
1: and i think the key to those big events is that you are pushing people back into churches and youth groups to do the week to week
2: so my my big passion my heart is Mm. local church partnership is the key to all of these things Mm. they're only big because of the local relational trust that we have Mm -hmm. Mm. and i'm just thinking because I've
0: heard this in little bits and pieces from around the world. People wanting the big event, but not actually doing the grassroots. Mm. Now, how do we encourage that personal Bible reading individual nurturing in Christ?
2: Of young people themselves. Yeah, that's right. So I think uh, one of the best things I've noticed at these big kind of conferences is when a young person gets up and shares how they're going in their own personal devotional life. Uh, So I was talking to a young person just the other day and they were saying uh, at the Leaders in Training Camp, they'd learnt a framework of how to read the Bible and teach the Bible. And I said, oh, how's that going with the children's ministry you do? And they said, no, 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 that's been great, but it's helped me just to read the Bible every day. Uh, to be able to share that with everyone else is unbelievably encouraging. Uh, so I think taking the, the the Christian habits, if you like, the discipleship uh, uh, life and being able to put that as the focus of what we're doing at these big things is crucial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I think, mm-hmm. Ruth.
1: Agree. And so I think when the, we did an Inner West Youth Combined event and part of that was getting youth up there to share their testimony, but we also had another testimony of a youth sharing about being in a youth group and what that looked like on the ground for them to be a Christian mm-hmm. as well.
0: So tell us, we'll move from big city to a more local region. Mm. and You're in the Inner West, just mm. up the road from us. And um, there was a night mm. just... Month a month ago. A month ago. A month ago? Yeah.
1: <laughs> but your church was involved in Yeah.
0: But yeah. <laughs> I was at it. was yeah. great. Um, I didn't go. <laughs> but tell us about it. Your I'm youth group was old. there. Yeah. Uh, the youth group was there. Yeah. Um,
1: well, I think it was a few years in the making, to say. So it started last year with three Presbyterian youth groups who had done a trivia night together um, in the in the West, a smaller, smaller kind of youth groups who were like, let's pull some resources together, do something together. Um, did the trivia night, but were like, well let's take it to the next step um, let's do an evangelistic where we can share uh, the gospel of Jesus uh, to youth in the, in the west and so they invited our church along, I knew some other churches who we'd done a few collaborative things together before so we had eight youth groups come together last year um, went okay, I think all of us would say it was an okay event for a first go because mm-hmm. we didn't quite all know each other too well um, but then this year we ran it again with 16 youth groups so we brought along the Anglican um, Inner West Youth Network mm-hmm. um, along to that and there was 600 kids
2: or something I think, yeah.
1: 600 yeah. all up so I think about 470 or so youth
2: right, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then leaders with 130 about. youth leaders, right yeah. which, and interestingly this is a reflection of the last couple of years mm. uh we didn't think we'd get that many. No. And um, the last couple of years, there's been a big appetite towards these regional sort of, you know, 20-odd youth groups together, uh, working together. And What's changed? changed. Yeah. Well, a great, Why is that? I think... In the past, let's say 20 years ago that that occurred, it died off a little bit. I think people, there was lack of resources, perhaps um, uh, some churches feeling like their youth groups were shrinking, those sort of things. And maybe how do we do this? It looks daunting. COVID happens, Mm -hmm. uh, which brought lots of hard things, but then also some opportunities, right? And I think a lot of youth groups went... Our kids need to get together with one another. They crave relationship and friendship uh, and connection. Uh, Let's try and do what we're doing locally in our own youth group, but do it with some other youth groups as well. And it's very much taken off. Also, uh, COVID, you know, it's a crisis, right? And a crisis brings people together. I know across the youth ministry network of Greater Sydney and even beyond, uh, a lot of churches said, let's work together again. Let's train leaders better together. Let's combine our resources. Let's do combined evangelistic events together. Uh, Let's help get youth ministry out there. Let's help get the gospel of Jesus back out into the community. Um, and so that's a big change. There was a season, if you like, of almost suspicion. I think you—that's gone. Yeah. So mm. that's one thing I've really noticed yeah. uh, is that. Well, you were going to say something there. Yeah, oh yeah. Well,
1: we were going. Uh, I was chatting to Andy before, and we were saying, the beauty of doing that in a West Youth Combined, um event was that I got to know some of the other youth pastors in the area. Um, so we were chatting or planning our next thing, and um, one of their youth had visited our youth group. Um, and I was just saying as a passing comment to say, hey, if they weren't there on Friday, that's, they were at our youth group. Um, and he was like, well, no, she actually hasn't come to our youth group for a while. Um, so if she lands at your youth group because she's got a really good friend mm-hmm. um, at our youth group, then that's great. Um, so thinking bigger picture, gospel generosity, um, our big picture is that we want youth um, growing and maturing. Us.
2: That's right. because that, And that's all off the back of the relational trust mm-hmm. you have with that other youth pastor mm-hmm. means that uh, there's an understanding of, okay, sometimes youth will go to youth groups where their friends are. That's mm-hmm. a changing thing as well. Mm-hmm. No longer do they just go to locally Welcome. where their youth group is. Uh, lots do, mm-hmm. and we want to encourage that because we believe in local youth ministry, obviously. Uh, but transport has changed. Dynamics have changed. Friendships are very, very, very important for young people. And so if they go to the youth group down the road, uh, but perhaps still go to the church with their family or whatever the combination might be, uh, the communication, getting on the phone, hey, this is what's going on, great, they're somewhere, is very important and that, that has really taken out the suspicion of what is happening in that youth group down the road, I don't know, so I don't want my youth to ever end up there and if they do then that's that's bad mm. and so there's this Competition that's really just gone. Yeah, yeah uh, but that
1: build-up of trust between youth pastors I think the has, is the key to that.
2: Yeah, that's right. Um, mm. So
1: doing it on that leadership level and then bringing it
2: back. Yeah, to yeah. Because in the inner west, the youth group, there's, churches are pretty close to each other, mm. right? And people oh, leave. Yeah. We're,
0: we're
2: 1.4 kilometres yeah. to the church. <laughs> that's right. And people leave wherever they can. Yeah. Uh, and so they might drive past three youth groups to get to the youth group that they've mm. always gone to. Uh, I think we need to be not fearful of that but then work together and go, okay, what are all the youth groups in this area? Okay, you know, I said to Ruth, my dream would be that imagine if there was this giant youth database that we all, you know, some amazingly powerful database. We all knew where <laughs> every all kid was. Track everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's issues, but forget <laughs> the issues. We all knew where every young person was so we could follow them up collectively mm. together. Uh, that would be beautiful. Mm.
0: Mm. Um, training of youth group leaders, because there's actually been, a, I mean, it's it used to be that everybody in Sydney outsourced it to the Katoomba Convention mm-hmm. and the Next Gen mm-hmm. Leadership Conference and that spit in the dust. And um, And so how do we work together to collaborate to train youth leaders and kids leaders in this new era? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so uh, for myself at YouthWorks, uh, we've been really working in partnership. We've been doing this for a long time on and off, but uh, in the last couple of years, particularly coming out of COVID, there was this, as we surveyed youth ministers, there was this dramatic need for uh, an upskilling of new leaders uh, because some other leaders had finished after a period of time. And so as we identified that, we in our youth ministry networks all over Greater Sydney, we said, okay. What do we need to do to train leaders to get them at least uh, to, you know, kind of uh, a basic bar uh, of good youth leadership? And so we said, let's try and make sure we work together. And in working together, the bigger churches had the resources to be able to train their leaders, and they were still doing it even through COVID. But a lot of the smaller churches were saying training, we'd love to, but we just can't. And so how do we work together, use each other's resources to train the whole uh, and even, even see some of the bigger churches share youth group leaders with the smaller churches to help them out, because there's no good in just having one or two youth groups in the whole inner west that everyone goes to, even though there's 20 something churches. Mm. We want to see each church with a thriving youth ministry, but that's going to take work, sometimes partnership, sometimes sacrifice. Mm. Uh, so part of that was let's train together so we can use all our resources again, get all the youth pastors. If there's 10 youth pastors in a room, they can all run a different training workshop. How good's that? We can train each other, train all our leaders together. Um, So those training days have really taken off. This year we've trained nearly 2,000 youth group leaders across training days all over Greater Sydney, which has been brilliant. Um, NextGen still happens online and people sometimes download those resources. Uh, But that getting together really... It's gone
0: from 800 people doing a week to... A handful yeah, doing it right. in online. So, it's, it's, it's nothing compared to what it was. Yeah, so, yeah. So that, it, I mean, it was it was formative. Mm, I remember for yeah. somebody like me um, taking on, I mean, 1992, being given a youth group to lead and yeah. having no idea what to do and, mm. and learning about how to do expository teaching in a youth yeah. context
2: mm. and just how to actually teach the Bible in a small group. That yeah. was what I learned when mm. I went. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you do, Ruth? <laughs> <laughs> what do we do? Yeah, that's <laughs> what what do? How have
0: you navigated this? Well, we found
1: yeah. also over the years too, um, the Australian Fellowship of Evangelical Students run their well, the great national, national training, training event. event yeah. Yes, national mm. training event in Canberra. And so previously, a lot of our leaders would do all those and it's kind of ebbed and flowed. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of our leaders do go through um, those stages now mm. to do that. But we do our own training. We it's so kind of hustle.
0: collaboration with the...
1: Yeah, with groups. the yeah, yeah. universities. Um, so we're a fairly large youth group um, for Sydney and in the Presbyterian world. So we do have the resources to run our own training mm-hmm. uh, that we do do once a term. But we also do. Last year we started going to leaders in training for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly, we saw that gap for our high schoolers in particular to be trained um, in reading the Bible, in teaching the Bible. Um, so for us, again, that outsources it out to Andy and his team uh, to be able to do that for us, mm-hmm. um, and we send some leaders as well to
0: the, um, the highlights of collaboration as you look across the place, Andy?
2: Yeah, I think uh, at a real grassroots level, seeing teenagers become friends with one another mm-hmm. across the youth groups, I've seen that and I've seen then Those guys, they might be in different youth groups, but at the same school and they're running a lunchtime group together. But then later on, I've seen over the years that they then might go to some university together or they're helping run some conference or those relational benefits for the young people to encourage them in their own Christian faith, to help them feel like they're part of something bigger. uh, And then to do gospel ministry together now as teenagers, which is brilliant, uh, and then in the future as well, has been a real big benefit. Um,
0: As you say that, I I think of my youngest son who, um, mm. uh, I mean, as we started out here, we were a little church and, uh, and my kids were the oldest kids in the youth group. Mm. And, um, uh, and so we worked really hard to send them to Christian camp, to other Christian camps um, where they would have those peers and people Mm. from other churches. And, uh, and they did make Christian friends. uh, And then, Um, Earlier this year, one of the kids from one of those camps, now grown up, um, living in Wollongong, asks my son to be a groomsman. And I just thought, wow, here he is at 24, being asked to be a groomsman by a guy he met at a Christian camp from Mm. collaborative...
2: Yeah. And it it just helps them to feel connected uh, and part of God's big kingdom, God's big family. And to know
1: they're not the only Christian at their school.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's at that grassroots level, that's a big benefit of a strength, if you like, a Mm -hmm. highlight of collaboration. Uh, Another highlight is utilizing those resources across the churches. Um, it, uh, It can be hard for a bigger church sometimes to share their resources Uh, But when I've seen bigger churches share their resources with smaller churches, the benefit is tremendous. And they actually, I think they grow in their own leadership and ministry and themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And they grow as a church Mm -hmm. because uh, they're not just thinking of themselves, but they're thinking of others, Mm. uh, which is a great principle, really. Mm. Um, What do you want to say to senior pastors who are watching, listening to us now? I said, uh, I think the main thing I want to say is don't be fearful of working together. Uh, the the fears of losing kids to another youth group uh, they might be real if there's no trust or understanding of the youth group next door uh, but get to know one another um, uh, I think the benefits far outweigh the the, the weaknesses if you like um, uh, I I think that sometimes it's I think it's difficult for senior ministers to They've got so many things to think about. Uh, and so sometimes churches working together on all manner of projects uh, can be hard, whereas in youth ministry, it's relatively simple. There are age-specific programs that are being run. Uh, there's lots of good options out there of things to do. Mm. Um, uh, if you're a senior minister of bigger church, be generous uh, and you'll be surprised at the benefit that you'll receive. Uh, I think of back into the early 2000s, I know that St. Ives did this. St. Ives had a big youth ministry uh, and they sent out, deliberately sent out teams of youth group leaders to smaller churches across the North Shore, some of whom have stayed in those churches and are now pillars of those churches. Uh, those churches may not have survived if St. Ives didn't do that. That is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Ruth, what do you want to say to senior ministers?
1: I'd say yeah talk network get to know the person down the road um and just yeah not be fearful Mm. um and do it even just for mutual encouragement i think too because we're all in it together we're all wanting to see you um come to know christ um so if we're all in it together we're praying together we're supporting one another um and it's for the benefit of the kingdom Mm.
0: thanks so much for coming in Thank you. My guests on The Pastor's Heart, Ruth Lee. She's a youth worker at Cornerstone Presbyterian Church in Sydney. And Andy Stevenson, director of the Sydney Anglican Youth Children Ministries, along with Special Religious Education. My name's Dominic Steele. You've been with us on The Pastor's Heart. We'll look forward to your company next Tuesday afternoon.